Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of brucella found under the microbiology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A farmer from Argentina presents to a local clinic with daily fevers and fatigue. He supports his family by supplying wool and providing unpasteurized milk for drinking and making cheese. For the past month, he has had general malaise, daily fevers, and some nausea and vomiting. On physical exam, he has a low-grade fever, but otherwise a normal physical exam. Based on his occupational exposures, he has tested for zoonotic bacterial infections and started on empiric antibiotics. Let's continue with an introduction to brucella. As a reminder, infections from the brucella genus are most often due to brucella melitensis. However, brucella abortus and brucella suisse can also infect humans. They are classified as facultative intracellular gram-negative zoonotic cocobacilli. They are transmitted via ingestion of contaminated foods, and they cause an undulant fever. In terms of the epidemiology, this is endemic in the Mediterranean countries in South America and is the most common bacterial zoonosis. Demographically, it affects adults more often than children. Risk factors include ingestion of unpasteurized dairy products and occupational exposure to animals. In terms of the pathogenesis, this requires a very low dose. The bacteria enter through the intestinal mucosa, into the lymphatics, and into the blood. The bacteria are taken into macrophages and modify the intracellular environment to survive. In terms of the prognosis, this often recurs, and if untreated, the illness may progress to chronic disease that lasts for years. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms may include an undulant fever and chills most commonly, as well as malaise, headaches, nausea and vomiting, and arthritis. On exam, patients may have lymphadenopathy, hepatosplenomegaly, and they may rarely present with encephalopathy. In terms of further imaging, magnetic resonance imaging is indicative of their suspected neurologic involvement. Findings may include abnormal enhancements in the meninges. In terms of further studies, one may obtain a culture of bacteria from the blood or bone marrow, or there may be detection of immunoglobulin G and IgM on serology. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is based on clinical presentation and confirmed with laboratory studies. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about Q fever, with distinguishing factors being that this is also zoonotic and causes fevers, but it presents as a pneumonia. In terms of treatment, medical options include doxycycline. This is indicated for all patients. Another option is aminoglycosides. This is indicated if there is relapse of disease. And finally, complications related to brucella include heart failure and spontaneous abortion. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to brucella, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 52-year-old man presents to his primary care physician with a three-week history of slowly waxing and waning fevers. In general, he describes these fevers as fairly low, but sometimes accompanied by chills. He says that he has also been experiencing headaches, nausea, and vomiting since he returned from a vacation to Peru. On presentation, he is found to have hepatosplenomegaly, but no rashes or skin lesions. He denies having any shortness of breath or chest pain. 
Gramstein reveals gram-negative cacobacilli, and he has started on a course of doxycycline. Which of the following was the most likely method by which this patient acquired this infection? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Bite from a dog. Choice 2. Contact with infected rabbits. Choice 3. Drinking unpasteurized milk. Choice 4. Inhalation of aerosolized spores. Or choice 5. Scratch from a cat. The best answer to this question is choice 3. Drinking unpasteurized milk. This patient with waxing and waning fevers accompanied by nausea, vomiting, and hepatosplenomegaly is most likely infected with brucella melitensis, which is transmitted through ingestion of unpasteurized dairy products in endemic regions. Brucella species are facultative intracellular gram-negative zoonotic cacobacilli that are transmitted to humans from infected animals by ingestion of contaminated foods. After exposure to the bacteria, the infection most commonly presents as an undulant fever that waxes and wanes slowly over the course of weeks. This fever can be accompanied by chills as well as gastrointestinal symptoms such as nausea and vomiting. More rarely, the disease can also cause headaches and arthritis. Physical exam will reveal lymphadenopathy, hepatosplenomegaly, and rarely encephalopathy. Areas that are endemic for this infection include tropical parts of the Americas, sub-Saharan Africa, as well as the Middle East. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Bite from a dog is consistent with the mechanism of transmission for pastorella. However, this organism would cause cellulitis and osteomyelitis at the site of the wound. Choice 2. Contact with infected rabbits is consistent with the mechanism of transmission for Francisella tularensis. However, this disease would present with conjunctivitis and pharyngitis, rather than undulant fever. Choice 4. Inhalation of aerosolized spores is consistent with the mechanism of transmission for Coxiella burnetti. However, this organism would cause fever with pulmonary symptoms rather than gastrointestinal symptoms. Choice 5. Scratch from a cat is consistent with the mechanism of transmission for Bartonella hensley. However, this organism would present with the lesion at the site of trauma, followed by tender lymphadenopathy weeks later. Finally, a bullet summary. Ingestion of contaminated dairy products can lead to undulant fever caused by brucella species. That's all for this review about brucella. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.